Welcome to the Health Leaders Podcast, sponsored by Flywire. I'm Alexandra Pecci, Revenue Cycle Editor for Health Leaders. Today, we're excited to welcome three experts in patient billing from Flywire. John Talaga, Flywire's Executive Vice President and General Manager, Tomer Cheval, Senior Vice President of Sales and Business Development, and Michael Strickland, Vice President of Product. They've joined us today to discuss the new era of patient-friendly billing 2.0. John, Tomer, and Michael, welcome, and thanks for being here. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Uh, thank you. Super excited to be here. First, let's talk about patient-friendly billing 2.0. In your individual articles, you've covered topics like the principles for building a true financial journey, how to bring consumerism into the financial experience in healthcare, and how technology can help alleviate patient financial distress, which laid the groundwork for this discussion and for your concept of patient-friendly billing 2.0. John, you've described patient-friendly billing 2.0 as how hospitals can keep pace with consumer trends by bringing digitization and personalization into the payment experience. Can you please describe the impact of these technologies on the billing and payment process? And then, Tomar, I'd love to get your thoughts, too. Uh, sure. I uh, <clears throat> kicked that off. Um, you know, the, the, the concept of patient-friendly billing was initiated a long time ago, 20 years ago. Um, it, and it was really intended at the time to break down a very complex insurance claims-centered billing process um, and make it easier for patients to understand what they owed and remove barriers to payment. And that concept really still plays an important role today, but the next evolution now really has been to how to respond to the dramatic increase in patient responsibility as well as the consumerism and affordability crisis that's being driven um, as a result. So, you know, in order for health systems to keep pace, they have to deliver a consumer experience that removes friction by personalizing the interaction and engaging digitally to meet patients where they are. Um, so, you know, really the impact of all that is a better experience for patients, which lowers stress when a, really a patient's at their most vulnerable state, both physically and financially. Um, and then, of course, driving loyalty, higher response rates, and then ultimately more cash for the provider uh, while pulling some of the cost out of the process through self-service as well. So that's kind of how we look at more the evolution of, of what used to be known as patient-friendly billing and calling it 2.0. This is Tomer, and, and I would add that um, I think healthcare historically has been driven by professionals, by physicians, uh, and it's complex by design because there's basically three different entities, payers, providers, and patients. Uh, I think what happened, and it's a dramatic shift, not just in the financial responsibility for patients. So basically, now the patients or consumers care a lot about how much they own and how they're going to uh, be able to afford it. But the entire kind of revolution of the internet and mobile phones and everything is digital and everything is at your finger points and you have choices um, uh, to take and it's all seamless and easy to use. Uh, and basically that's become a major differentiator for companies and businesses who want it to be sustainable and want it to continue to win into the future. And I, and I think that's what um, uh, we've been implementing in the healthcare space. We've basically been preaching 
you can actually turn a broken pain point at the end of the health journey that consumers have actually into a competitive advantage where the experience is so delightful. And by the way, their expectations are always very low because, you know, healthcare is a terrible bill and paper statement and what have you. And if you give them an, an experience that looks like the American Express or eBay or Amazon, you create a wow factor. And that uh, in a competitive market where more and more providers are basically competing for um, uh, their communities to have more and more patients come in and be saved by them, the ability to deliver a great administrative experience becomes a differentiator, a very tangible one, by the way, because you know patients, it's hard for them to tell whether one provider is better than the other or Dr. X is better than Y, but boy, oh boy, they have a strong point of view about the service level that they're getting. So it's a major, major transformation. Uh, that's that's been happening in the market. Well, I think that leads us nicely into talking about how digital tools can add an extra layer of empathy into the patient financial experience. At Flywire, you've said patients don't just want an easy-to-use payment experience, but one that anticipates their needs, helps them solve complex challenges. When you think about the patient experience, how does empathy inform the decisions that you make in terms of the tools and services you offer? And I'd love to hear from uh, Michael and Tomer. Uh, I'll, I'll jump in and go first. Uh, I think that empathy uh, is extremely important to understanding our patients because it can mean so many different things. First, you need to understand what situation they're in financially, emotionally. Uh, empathy can also mean a lot about what type of preferences they have around how they're engaged with. Um, so starting with financial empathy, you need to understand how much the patient can afford to pay or how much they're willing to pay given their own financial circumstances. And once you have an understanding of, of that financial situation, you can use it intelligently across their billing uh, experience from the first moment that they're scheduled all the way to the last cent that they pay. If you understand their financial situation up front, you can communicate that proactively to them so they have a better chance of financially planning for their upcoming, likely, unanticipated medical need to their preferences, if you have an understanding of, I prefer email over SMS, or I prefer evenings over mornings, or weekends over weekdays, like that has a lot to do with maybe their family situation, uh, oh, I take care of my kids in the morning, like having empathy for just who they are and what they deal with on a daily basis can only turn into a more personalized experience for, for our patients. And, we really keep that at the forefront of what we do, knowing that every patient is likely going to have a different need considering what's happening on that day, that particular moment for that particular medical bill. Um, Tomer, do you have anything to, to add to that one? I, I do, I do, because I wanna be a little bit blunt if you guys don't mind. Uh, I would argue that uh, you know the frustration in the industry about a lot of patient responsibilities that are not being paid, uh, uh, the way that historically providers have addressed it is, you know, they, they did not solve the problem. They basically uh, uh, turn on the tone of their communication. You know, it's, it's, it's scary letters with past during big red letters 
or, or, or automatic dialers from collection agencies or letters that are uh, perceived as if a lawyer wrote them and you're going to get in trouble if you're not going to pay your bill versus trying to understand that those patients, the majority of them who are not paying, it's because they can't afford to pay in the constellation that the provider is asking for. Meaning, I have a large bill, and if you give me a minimum uh, uh, payment plan, that means every month I need to pay $500. How many people can afford to do it on an ongoing basis on top of everything else that they do? Uh, so what we have done, and that is a, a core principle of Flywire, is we're looking at the core of the situation for the patient and the family and try and understand, okay, can we resolve the actual problem that prevents them from paying? And for the most part, our ability to personalize the uh, payment plan offering based on what we believe is a monthly payment that that family can afford, that individual can afford, that's kind of been the, uh, the magic um, recipe, if you will. On top of, in addition, think about a busy mom, she's got three kids in the car screaming, and she just wants to quickly understand and figure out how to uh, uh, pay her, uh, her kids' bill. And I've experienced a situation where somebody, a nice person, calls me to try and explain how much a procedure is going to cost, and I've got three kids in the back of the car. It's 6 p.m. That's not a good conversation. So to be able to engage with the patient in the venue that makes sense for them at the time that works for them, in addition to just really solving the core issue of affordability, that is the base of the entity that I think is, is not just our obligation, it's actually a lot of fun to be able to bring that to the market and create a win-win for our clients and for their community and patients. Let's move on to reaching every patient. It's no secret that the pandemic has exposed many challenges and areas of opportunity in the current patient experience landscape. One of those challenges and opportunities was rethinking how hospitals and health systems currently engage patients in a progressively digital world. In your mind, what are the steps toward reaching, if not every patient, then as many patients as possible while creating a more seamless and informative billing and payment process? Sure, I'll, I, I can start with that one this is john so um you know the question often comes up as to you know why can't healthcare be the same as other consumer retail experiences right and you know my my answer to that is that we first need to recognize healthcare's unique differences right so for one and i mean this tongue-in-cheek uh consumers that are shopping at target are rarely under anesthesia they see what they're gonna owe and they bring it to the counter and pay for it where most of the charges that come from healthcare are largely unplanned um, and certainly unbudgeted. Um, so, so from that, healthcare, you know, her inherently has this issue, and um, a lot of times the patients are really just kind of unwilling to pay for certain charges that they didn't choose to pay for. So it's just different. So you have to understand that it's different first of all before you get into that. And so, how, you know, the question then comes from us you know, at Flywire often is how do we drive a consumer experience in such an environment? And, you know, similar to what Tomer was talking about for our clients, we're automating a process that starts with analytics, 
and you know, identifying the capacity to pay um, at the time of their bill. Um, and then we're feeding that into our personalization engine, um, of which we're matching a patient's conversation profile. Do they like text, email, chat, paper, et cetera? And like Michael said earlier, what time of day they like to receive it. And then with that, you know, delivering the right payment option for that patient, whether it's a payment plan, a discount, uh, financing, um, to ultimately drive response. So the response is really the, the name of the game for reducing the amount of write-offs and placements to collection that providers have. So, um, and the last thing that we do in that, those steps is that we measure the outcomes. So we have to inform future interactions for that individual patient. And then this ultimately personalizes and removes the friction in the healthcare billing process, which will result in, you know, certainly a higher volume of patient engagement and then ultimately payments. Michael, anything to add there? Yeah, I think you did a great job describing our, our approach and our philosophy. Maybe a few points to, to add on to it is we, we looked at ourselves in the mirror and really asked, uh, us to redefine engagement a bit. Engagement is this very laden term in healthcare that probably originates from the Affordable Care Act a bit. And we, we really strive for meaningful engagement, meaningful conversations, meaningful financial actions. And engagement is a method to do that. Like at the end of the day, engagement is still a, a means to an end, not necessarily the end. And I think when you put it in that perspective, those methods that John was just talking about, text, email, inbound IVR, chat, et cetera, all of those can work in concert with one another intelligently based on what the patient likes or dislikes in order to drive meaningful action. Like just sending a text message and receiving a text message is classically considered engagement. But if the person doesn't go on to, to make a payment, set up a payment plan, uh, then what was the point? And that's truly how, how high of a standard we hold ourselves to when we think about patient engagement, financial engagement, and the overall billing experience for what we're trying to do. Well, as a follow-up, I wanted to take a moment to specifically talk about AI-enabled chat because I think it's one of the newer channels for patient engagement that's still being developed and understood. So, John, Flywired views chat as one of the more powerful channels for informing patients and addressing their evolving needs. Can you briefly discuss the advantages of that AI-driven chat technology and what it can bring to the revenue cycle? You know, AI-driven chat is no doubt one of the most revolutionary changes when it comes to the engagement side. Um, it's really only starting to gain adoption for health systems, um, you know, particularly on the RevCycle side. So, you know, there's, there's two modes of chat. There's live chat where a patient is, you know, messaging a real, in real time with a live agent. And then there's chat bots where a virtual assistant is driving a human-like experience to drive conversations. Um, when you think of chat, don't think of it just as a widget on a website, but instead think of it as interactions in many different electronic forms. So it could be two-way texting, could be voice, voice response with Alexa or Google. Um, and really the power of chat from you know, my perspective takes what has traditionally been outbound notifications and inbound patient phone calls and turns them into two-way digital conversations. So um, it allows bots to take a, you know, a patient all the way to authentication even for providing payment options and and driving them to payment so I, I really believe that the potential of chatbots as they roll out further uh, within the engagement platform uh, will at some point 
completely replace phone calls and even potentially websites as we know them today over time. As a final note, often one of the most challenging aspects of delivering innovation is knowing where to start. So what advice would each of you give to revenue cycle leaders who are looking to take advantage of these new technologies to improve business outcomes and to create a better patient financial experience? I would say it starts with leadership at the provider. Um, you know, te technology is, is as good as the, the team and the leaders that endorses it and push it internally, um, especially that many times it comes with changes and that creates, can create fear and resistance within a staff that's been working a certain way for many, many years. So we've seen that, you know, some of our best clients, uh, the biggest that, that can be with the most complex systems, when they have a strong leadership that buys in and drives these type of changes, uh, that's, that can be a huge factor in uh, making it a success. Uh, second is also, um, and that's the beauty of technology, it's a, it's a very measurable uh, type of uh, operation. So whatever you do, um, you have to measure yourself. Measure the outcome, of course, measure the satisfaction and the feedback, the voice of your customers. We've been one of the first to implement um, a survey and measuring net promoter score in the market. And that's been, frankly, the key driver of, of our roadmap uh, as well. Uh, and measure the, the funnel, the different, uh, the different steps in um, uh, whatever the attempt is. Because uh, the beauty of technology is you can kind of iterate and kind of figure out what's the best optimal way to deploy a new uh, technology. And it's not always the most successful the, the first time. So, so having a, a strong leadership, uh, being able to measure as many um, uh, pieces uh, along the way and iterate and uh, optimize, I think are, are good, uh, good tips for uh, providers that are pushing innovation and change. Yeah, I would, I would just have one you know, short thing to add there. I mean, I think Tomer's right on is, you know, I think um, RCM leaders, revenue cycle management leaders need to really leverage, you know, proven solutions that, you know, really not only provide digital engagement payment, but also workflow augmentation to keep the host system EHRs functioning in their native form. So, you know, it's, I, I think there's a lot of reliance sometimes on you know, seeing the demo and seeing, you know, how it works and outside the system, but understanding exactly how it's going to work seamlessly within their existing processes um, is critical. Um, so I think, you know, it, you know, the question is like, where do you start? And how do you take advantage of these technologies? It's really about making them sustainable and maintaining long-term value as opposed to just a short-term gain. John, Michael, Tomar, it's been great talking with you. Thank you for being here and sharing your expertise with us. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you. It was our pleasure. Thank you for having us. Have a great day. And thank you listeners for joining us on the Health Leaders Podcast. Until next time, keep taking care of patients and each other.